1: To fade or not to fade? That is the question. Thursday, big down opening. Bye, 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 bye. Friday, big up opening. Sell, 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 sell. Today, another big up opening. We'll discuss what to do. Britain gets rid of its tax cut. Does that mean inflation's going away? Does that mean the Fed's gonna back off its policy? We'll see. Got a new economic indicator for you. We'll discuss that in a minute. It's the Kohl's recession indicator. Mitch, let's get this week started.
2: Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre Market Prep with your host Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here,
3: isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny.
2: With everything you need to start your trading day,
1: just like that, we're up off uh, forty-three and a quarter handles thirty-six forty point seven five. That's off the pre-market high. I looked, and that move off the open took place in about four minutes. So the buyers were ready to go off that six p.m. open. The buck is down; that's helping down forty-one cents at one twelve seventy-nine. TLT trying to get back in triple digits, up seventy-seven cents, ninety-nine thirty-four. Ah, crude. Ooh, worst week in a while after the cuts. That's down seventy cents at eighty-four ninety-one. Gold catching a bit at 15 up $15 at $16.63.90. Silver going, going up more on a percentage basis, up 46 cents, 1853. Bitcoin back above 19k at 19,420. And Ethereum's up a mere $21.50 at $13 at 17 even. Uh let's bring in Mitch and uh, the new uh, other co-host of our show, Fabian come on fabian where are you
3: oh you can't even see me look how beautiful i am today look at this look at the dew look at the dew
1: what does that mean for the markets folks what does it mean
3: i don't know but it was overdue i tell you that i asked i asked my wife i was like look i'm flying away with the wings on the side everybody's (laughs) making fun of me in the chat i'm like i probably do need a haircut I'm not Is... sure about the real job yet, but I've got a haircut. Did you go Is to this... a real
1: barber, or did you go to one? Of, did you go to one of those beauty salons where, like, they wash your hair and then they cut it, and then you go under a blow dryer? Did your Did your mom ever used to do that? You know, go to the no. salon and then yeah, sit under the blow dryer.
3: Did. I don't think she did, but no, I actually just went outside and my wife, uh, who has become a very good barber since the pandemic. I uh, did the old snippers, clip, 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 and I can. I, I'm good again. I felt like I lost about two pounds. <laughs> it feels like it's your first day in college, man. At least you look like it, man.
1: <laughs> what are you? Two twenty? Uh, uh, triple D? Two twenty? Now, two
3: eighteen because I lost okay. two pounds of hair. <laughs> yeah. Uh oh, uh, yeah. uh, uh, uh,
2: getting down there, getting down and dirty.
3: So, All right, Mitch, bring it what back. Bring us in here. We can't just let's talk go, my hair the entire go. show, although I would love to.
2: Woo! All right, let's get into it. Looks like uh, you weren't the only one getting a cut here. As the UK's finance ministry, Jeremy Hutt, scrapping here the cut in the lowest rate uh, for income tax of twenty percent to nineteen percent as well, cutting the dividend tax rate, the reversal of off-payroll working reforms, VAT back claim backs for tourists, and a freeze on alcohol duty rates. Hunt also announcing here, UK's uh, finance ministry, that they announced that the energy package designed to subsidize consumer and business energy bills would only run until April, and then they would take a reassessment.
3: All right, that's a mouthful there. I don't know anything about that, but I can tell you we are just shopping around here. Still Titanic style uh yes. Bob continues. We bobbed under. We thought that was the, you know, the the sh- the bow and you know off the CPI data. We bobbed under, but then we bob back up. She's still bobbing there. She hadn't went down yet. So she bobs up a little bit. UK she bobs down a little bit. Obviously we getting another earnings warning probably tonight because this is the way it is. So bobbing. We're still hanging around around the 360. We did the undercut. We did the rally a little bit, but then we gave back the rally. So um, it was some trader, and it was, uh, I read it on Zero Hedge over the weekend, I believe it was a Goldman trader saying, nobody, not one person knows what to do right now, meaning buy or sell. I'm kind of in the same boat. I think we just fade a little bit here, but to just come in and predict, oh, yeah, we're going to 3,000 on the SP, Katie bar the door, we've already had a significant sell off. A lot of bad news is priced in. You know, the bull case is that. So, I still am sitting here market neutral. People saying, you know, that's, you know, not making a call either. It kind of is. I'm just playing market neutral here because this is not an easy market to figure out what it's going to do tomorrow.
1: We need two up days in a row. And I'm not talking like silly up days, you know, like we had on Thursday. and got us leaning kind of the you know, like okay, yeah, this is it. We're going to get out of here. We need like two like two solid Grinding up days. And on Friday, we were talking and, you know, some people on Twitter, they're like, oh, you guys were bullish, whatever, buy the dip. There were just patient buyers on Friday. That was it. There were, there were some people that chased on the open and got their head chopped off. But we were going down and there was like there was bids to hit. There were, The people were deploying. The people that didn't chase on Thursday, they're like, okay, I, you know, I, either I got a cover short or my company may have some good earnings or something. And then boom, those people that, you know, bought the deeper dip are being rewarded today with uh the market being up. But like I said on the opening, to fade or not to fade. You know, yeah. that's been the last two opens have been great fades, you know, today is what we got to decide.
3: I mean, this is it's it's hard. It's hard to make a call here. And we are going into the thick of earnings season. Yes, we've got a few banks, but that's really not the thick of it. Think of it's kind of going to start this weekend. Really into it next week, but Tuesday we're going to get Netflix. Tuesday we're also going to get Goldman Sachs. Wednesday we're going to get Tesla. Notice like I go over IBM. I didn't even mention them. Poor IBM. Thursday we're going to get the most important stock. Here's the calendar. Beautiful, Mitch. Um, Thursday we're going to get the most important stock to the entire market that moves the entire market. We Snapchat. joke, but we're yep. We joke, but we're somewhat serious. Snapchat. It is important because what they do is Snapchat will move Meta, which will move Google, which will move all online advertising. So we know Snapchat's getting TikTok, but the last quarter, they didn't care what the reasoning was. They just said, oh, online advertising not doing well because Snapchat, I believe, was last quarter, and they hit everything. So that's the story. It's going to be some big names this week. We're going to get a lot more information. Obviously, we know inflation is still running rampant, but we do have earnings season. So what does it mean? We're going to find out
2: that we will we'll be waiting to see what happens with all the earning stocks this week there could be some surprises in and will netflix make subscriber positive subscribers or will they continue losing They're expected to actually increase subscribers, so I definitely will be watching that. And you guys can catch all the earnings reports, especially the notable ones, right here. We are going to be playing the earnings call from Netflix tomorrow. So come on over and hang out with us as we get through the earnings call, and you guys can talk with me as I go ahead and I'll be watching it in in the chat we can go ahead and talk about that.
1: Just before we do that, the Bank of America numbers and stuff. Um, and Dennis, I know, I know you're on this. I mean, if this, I, and I don't know if it's going to be this report, but if this thing could ever put two fifty in the rearview mirror, I'm just going to go to the monthly here. Then it's a whole new ball game here. But I think until you know they keep, you know, keep this thing yeah. under two fifty, yeah. I think the bear is in control. But you know you, hit, and then this is you know this is where it's so difficult. They come out the good report, they gap up at two fifty five, and you're like, oh oh yeah, you know you got to fade it. And then it doesn't come in. But on the monthly chart, I don't think I've ever seen Netflix do this kind of monthly. And I know some are two fifty two, some are a little bit lower. But if you're a real Netflix Big level, goal, yeah, that that's a that's like a huge level. So we'll see if we can get above it.
3: I don't know if I'm a Netflix bull or bear. I am long a little bit in my wife's RSP because I got to be long something. I think the valuation has come down low enough that it's not crazy anymore. But again, my first purchase terrible. Second one was good. We've already talked about that. So okay. sticking with it for her, I got to be long something. So, you know, you got to pick some stocks. I don't want to be 100% cash because, again, I don't have a crystal ball on this one. And sometimes I got a good feel. I don't even really have a good feel on this one. I don't know. And I even going to those last CPI numbers, I've been like the same thing the last few weeks. I'm like, I'm kind of market neutral. Just selling little trading. Selling the rips, buying the dips, selling the reps, buying the dips, just doing or short the rips as well. Just trading it that way because it's a tough market to call right now.
2: I like this setup, at least, as long as it can get over last week's high of 238. Uh, yeah, so 238, good number 80s. Let's see if we can get through there. Sure. We can get through that weekly level. I feel, you know, it could get a little push right before it. One thing to note, also, this is right around where last earnings call was. Right When we got knocked down, we were right onto these levels. The first day we got knocked down, we got knocked down into an opening price of 245. So let's see if we can maybe wake up, make our way there as we have, I'll, I'll be looking for a bullish day on Netflix. We'll see what happens. Let's go. Let's keep going. Um, let's get to the bank of America earnings. Let's talk about those earnings here. EPS at 81 cents, beating the 77 cent estimate sales at 24.5 billion, beating the 23.60 billion estimate. I know you guys were here for the earnings last week on the bank. So tell me how did those go?
3: Well, they went pretty well. Yeah. Overall, I would say good response to all of them, really. I mean, we had Morgan was the only ugly one probably, which I kind of expected. Also, Goldman. I'm scared of the Goldman earnings for the simple reasons that investment banking, I think, is going to have a tough quarter. Uh, but your traditional banks, they actually did pretty good. I mean, I think it was Friday. Was it Friday, Joe? We were talking uh-huh. about that? one of the days they were all green. I don't, I don't know if it was Friday. or JP, was, War, yeah. JP yeah. Morgan.
1: Yeah, JP Morgan, Wells Fargo, and Citigroup.
3: Yeah, all the majors were green and they all held up pretty well. I mean, Citigroup held the gains pretty well. Wells Fargo, a little bit given back, but trying to hold the gains from the lows. JP Morgan, a little bit given back, but trying to hold on. So, so far, so good. But what's really the catalyst here to drive the banks going forward? You know, and I'll throw that back to you guys. You know, when we come out of earnings season, they just become market stocks again, don't they? What?
1: Well, I mean, the the conventional wisdom is that banks are supposed to do better in a rising interest rate environment, right? And and that's what we have. On on the other side, recessions are not good for banks, right? So I think the yeah the the recession or the threat of a recession is has been overshadowing it. So um, I don't know, just. I just say the market, you know, if the market, could, you know, somehow if the Fed can let up, the market gets a rally, uh, then I think it will go along with it. That means it'll be, you know, a little bit more positive as far as the recession, interest rates, inflation coming down. But, I mean, if it's still just going to be this kind of, you know, ha- market getting hammered, and I don't I don't know if there is a catalyst to uh, to get the banks higher. I saw the pop here uh, over that. This is a big move for Bank of America. And it, mm-hmm. it likes to continue. It's uh, A lot of times, once it gets going one way intraday, it's really hard to rock the ship. Of course, this is earnings. Uh, let's see what happens at the top of Friday's range. That would be the key for me. If, if the bulls really want to keep this and test 33, then uh, they need to hold the top of uh, Friday's range. And I believe it's right here right now. Yeah, 32.63. So you are opening in to previous day's high. Uh, which is probably you know right around there with the, its average uh, day range. So 32.63, keeping an eye on that
4: one.
2: All right, let's keep going. Let's go towards the Splunk news that's out there. I'm seeing a lot of people talk about it. Let's get towards it. Wall Street yeah. Journal reporting Sunday that Starboard's value is just under 5% stake in Splunk. Starboard plans to push Splunk to take action to boost its stock price. What do you guys feel about Splunk?
3: um starboard moves stocks you have to respect it we've seen this time and time again elliott starboard those are the movers and the shakers really and you know from an activist perspective so it's not surprising it's getting a nice lift on this on pullbacks here maybe but again there's an ugly trend here am i chasing it up 10 never in this market one thing i've learned in 2022 is when you are in bear markets you don't have to chase and we've seen, you know, time and time again, they get these pops but then, you know, they start to leak away. So, unless we're turning this around and going into the raging bull market, I'm not chasing spunk today.
1: Interesting levels here. I'm not, and I'm going to go with triple D on the not chasing. You're opening into your your October 7th high, 78 bucks, right? If you get through there, why not take a look at 80, right? And if they get really crazy, 83.36, that was your high on october 5th and i agree with dennis i mean if this could come back down it's not going to happen today unless the market completely falls apart but sometimes these stocks you know they they get the lift and then people kind of forget about it people take profits and if it came back down to the 72 73 area uh with starboard being on board um that's what might be my uh potential buy area
2: We'll see what happens there in Splunk. Let's keep going. Let's go to Continental Resources as they announce a definitive agreement to be acquired by the Ham family for 74.28 share. Uh, the tender offer would be approximately 58 million shares of common stock at CLR.
3: What's the ca- is it cash price out takeout? I didn't see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 74.28. They're paying, man, for uh, no. all these cash takeouts again today. I mean, I don't know why you want to pay up that much with the time value of money. You know, there's it's, it's, it's you know, oil sector here. So there's zero almost zero antitrust risk. So I guess they just they say it's a done deal. It's just a matter of how much time it takes. Um, decent premium, not a fantastic premium. I mean, when your stock gets taken over, a lot of times you think, man, I'd like a better than 7 or 8% takeover, but we are in a bear market and the premiums aren't what they used to be. So... I don't know. Trade's probably over here. Just, you know, time value of money makes me, you know, not buy it up here for sure.
1: It's a it's a bit, I mean, I think it's like the family that, like, started and owned the company. So, man, they're buying high, right? They, they're taking it out. So, there you go. Uh, you got the cash price. And then we got another deal. Uh, out there bp's getting down and dirty and uh it doesn't look like anyone really had the memo in lfg on this one at least the way it traded on friday uh give us the news on what is it archaic archaic
2: archaic energy to be acquired by bp for approximately 4.1 billion Uh, this is a deal for approximately 26 dollars per archaic class a and class b shares in cash or a total enterprise value of approximately 4.1 and lfg i gotta give it to them whoever gave that ticker to them shout outs to them
3: uh, short-term day trade i shorted it up, up at 25.85 just because 15 cents away from the takeout price and it's i'm up 10 cents in it so far not going for huge amounts of money but i thought it should come in 20 30 cents so um, so I'll limit my comments to that, but just full disclosure, I do a position in this. And I just think when you get that close to the takeout price, yeah, I, I don't see a hell of a lot. I don't see another suitor coming in and paying more here. It's a huge premium. Um, yeah. unlike the other one, which wasn't a big premium, this is a big premium. There's no antitrust risk or anything, but when you get within 15 cents of the takeout price, I just think there's going to be people coming in to you know, ring the register here. So maybe it comes in 20, 30 cents. I'm not looking for a lot on this and I'll probably cover it today.
1: Uh, BP uh, I mean you gave you got the number on that 126 BP is trading up on this news so far small so I don't know
3: it's too small that's too small of a deal yeah and that's what you have to consider so when you're looking at m a the biggest thing you, you know because everybody will get in their head oh if you're paying a premium for a company that acquirer goes down that is true but depending on the market cap so let's just for do a fun exercise here the BP market cap. Which is a huge obviously oil company, you know, one of the biggest in Europe, is 94 billion dollars. And we are talking about a Mitch, you just said what the market cap was this. Was it four?
2: Um, yeah, the deal is worth uh 4.1 billion.
3: Yeah. So you're talking a very small deal for a very big company. So that's why investors like me, you know, we're gonna knock that little bit off the market cap. Probably not. And remember, BP is already traded in Europe for a number of hours on this. It's an ADR, so it's actively trading and open in Europe right now. So, that's the consideration is when you're doing and you're looking, you know, for premiums or discounts on deals, look at the market caps. And when a company's buying, you know, a 100 billion dollar company, and it's only a 200 billion dollar company, they'll probably hammer that acquire. But when it's a fraction of it, you know, talking 3, 4, 5% of the market cap, then in this case 4% of the market cap, not a big deal. So probably, you know, muted response from BP shareholders.
2: What do you guys feel about oil? It is starting to come down here. I was checking it out in yeah. the front month and uh, it is coming down. How do you guys feel about the oil stocks?
3: Uh, I, I Again, and I was dead right last week, but I've been wrong on oil overall. I think you got to sell rallies in the oil stocks because if you think we're going in a recession, I think oil is going to get hit as well. So, or if you think we are in a recession, I think it's going to hit it, too. I think that, I think we've seen the highs for oil in the short term, and IBSL rallies, all of them. I gave my
1: take a week or so ago. I mean, it's just like this OPEC plus. They come in, they cut, it rallies, it fades, and then it fades again, and they're like, okay, we're going to cut more. It's just like a broken record with them. Uh, so all those gains are gone, and then some – uh, we're on a six-month losing streak. We had a six-month winning streak on a three-month losing streak. I mean, I just, you know, it's just like the same. And I just say, go. I'm not going to repeat the same argument. I mean, recession or no recession, moving ESG or no ESG, five, ten, fifteen, twenty years, we're going to be using less oil. So,
3: that's, uh, <laughs> Joel's long-term bearish oil, and you know what? I'm long-term bearish oil too. I agree with that view. I don't think the market cares about ten years from now, though. It cares about ten days from now. Ten uh, minutes. It's just trouble. It's trouble in the overall economy. I mean, if we turn around, you know, and the economy starts to go hot, does oil lead the charge out of here? It might. I can see a case both ways. I'm not a positioned really short oil stocks or long nope. oil stocks. I'm just. Uh, but but if you, you were asking me, and you were, I would think I'd be a net seller of oil stocks on rallies. On rallies.
2: We'll see what happens there in oil stocks. Is go to Rupert. Uh, Mo- uh, Murdoch is exploring a recombination of Fox and Fox a, um, and this would also be with news Corp, a move that would bring his former, uh, wide ranging media empire back together. What do you guys feel about this? Is there any edge here?
3: Um, I just don't even care about either of these companies. It's the biggest <laughs> trouble. So I mean, you got Fox, which obviously you know sold a lot of their business back to Disney back in the day. But and then you got News Corp. I mean, does anybody really care about these stocks? And that's probably why you know muted response to this morning. Fox is getting hit because it's the rumored acquire here, and to bring them back in. And News is up a little bit here, but I just think. I don't even care about either Such
1: a fragment in India. you know, it's just, you know. It's under
3: it's attack to that, the industry. I mean, yeah. content is king here. They obviously are content producers, but you just got streaming. You got content coming from everywhere. It used to be you turn on your TV, you got CBS, you got ABC, you got NBC, and you got Fox. And those were your content makers. You know, that's what we were watching. It's just changed. There is content coming from everywhere now. So these businesses just don't have that, you know, luster that they had twenty years ago. So I why do I why do I want to invest when you know you've got content coming from everywhere and your core businesses are under attack? So these have been, you know, tough investments for a long time really. I mean, especially, you know, when you look at News Corp. I guess, you know, it's they've held up somewhat, but I
1: don't know. Were they ever much higher? Uh I guess I'll so, go back, back to the
3: financial crisis and stuff. I'm not sure. You can go back on your charts if you want, but I mean, still $26 mm-hmm. when May yeah. of 2021, March of 2021, everything was just overpriced. So, you know, is it getting back there? Eh.
1: You, you forgot different. about uh, WKBD, Channel 50, Detroit, uh, Dennis.
3: Well, that's <laughs> where we used to watch the Tiger games, wasn't it? <laughs> wasn't the Tiger games on WKBD?
1: Do, are you too young to remember um, Sir Graves Gasly? Now that we're coming up,
3: oh, yes, I've never heard of Sir Graves. Tell me about Sir I Graves. They just
1: used to show all these horror movies and everything <laughs> on that
3: uh, channel. What station on Channel 50? Yeah. Channel 50 had some good stuff, Joel. Kimba. Yeah, we're, we're really in the D. We're Too really local. Too local, local for okay. me. I know we have local listeners and they'll remember. Yeah. I still <laughs> love Malfar Superstar, though. You can't beat Malfar Superstar. Remember Malfar Superstar flying high to bring you a far better deal. And he's got the cape and he's flying around the car dealer. Those are the best commercials.
2: Mastercard is trying to take down the wall of worrying and is launching a program with Sales, a crypto trading platform that's already in use by uh, PayPal. And so Mastercard will handle regulatory compliance and securities as these are the two core reasons that banks cite for avoiding the asset class. So they're going to bank banks and saying, well, we'll run it for you. And so Mastercard launching a program with Paxio
3: if you announce something with crypto back in january of 2021 your stock would be ripping if you announced something with crypto in october of 2022 your stock is often dipping or it just doesn't care. In this <laughs> case, last it doesn't care the crypto story sorry folks the crypto story it's not over but it is as ice cold as it possibly can get um maybe eventually starts to catch fire again but right now nah not not into it sorry
1: Look how far you are from uh, even Although Friday's Although I'm MasterCard,
3: I should just close.
2: Yeah,
1: <clears throat> um, I would just keep an eye on uh, Thursday's close. This had a one, two, three, four, five-day losing streak, and then on that uh, that crazy Thursday, we tacked on ten handles. Had a good day, or ten points. Uh, had a good day on Friday. Got to ninety-eight, sixty-two. Uh, but we're nowhere the mark. I mean, this should. You think the way the market's up, is supposed to be good news. I'd be keeping an eye on 93.96, 293.96. That was Thursday's close if you're looking for a little bit more of an upside target. And as far as buying this, you know, uh, intraday support, maybe at the close if you get down there, 88.69. But as long as the market holds in there, I don't think you'll get that low.
2: Now, uh, a company that was favorite out of the pandemic for their technology that helped Uh, get these uh, houses to sell without being able to go in them now. Goldman Sachs coming in here with a downgrade on Open Door to sell and lowering price target to two dollars. Tough outlook there in Open Door, closed door. I'll be back. All these things, yeah, all these things
1: are. Uh, I mean, it just the online, uh, I mean, housing. I mean, it was the phenomena of the uh, of the pandemic. Whether you look at uh, Redfin here for bucks, I mean, everyone thought because of the higher commissions that real estate brokers get that uh, you know you'll be able to cut into the market. You had that absolute buying frenzy d- during the pandemic. <laughs> I still think it's, I still think it's there, but I don't know. I mean, you know, look at Zillow, do some stuff in the market. Yeah, Zillow. I mean, I guess people don't mind paying the extra few, you know, points and, you know, getting a broker and getting more money out of it. So um, I don't know if you shorten it at two, uh, you know, at 237, uh, you know, what do you got? You got two bucks with their target. I mean, risk reward ratio is not there, but just all these stocks, Zillow, ZG. I mean, you had, you had your housing bubble and. There it is, man. Wow, Zillow was over like two ten. So general yeah. comments on that. Not selling, not buying.
2: A pandemic low for Zillow down towards twenty dollars and four cents. Um right now. We're we're sitting there at twenty-seven. When we get back down there toward the pandemic low, it'd be something to keep on watch. We'll okay. see what happens there.
1: Can't can't disagree with that.
2: All right, let's cover a couple more of the earnings stocks that will be coming up later this week. Uh, we've covered some Netflix, we talked a little bit about Snapchat. What do you guys feel? Uh, let's let's talk about let's let's do uh, United Airlines. How was that uh Delta Airlines earnings? I know I didn't catch that. Oh, I going to keep an eye. Uh,
1: uh, well first of all, I want to take a look at the Delta chart because they did. Mm-hmm. There you go. Finally got through that 31. Wow, you did it on Friday. I took my eye off this thing. Wow, 31 we'd been talking about as major resistance. It blew through there, got faded once again, came back down to that area, old resistance, new support. Back up again today. Oh, man, I would have been more of a buyer at 31. Now we're trading up 66 cents. I mean... Got to take out Friday's high, thirty-one ninety-two. I think that might be tough today. Uh, United Airlines (UAL) uh, that's trading up. I mean, it's the demand's there, I mean, and it seems that you haven't had any of like your Southwest Airlines major disruptions. So, uh, you know, people people are spending. People are still spending. They're still traveling, and I just want to bring in, uh, even though my buddy was in town and went to the Michigan game, I did uh, come up with a new economic indicator. It's called the Kohl's Recession Indicator, huh. and huh. there is no Let's recession at Kohl's. Was it I had to go pick up a vacuum cleaner, and oh my lord, I regretted it. That was about... Fifteen twenty deep in the line to do it and then the line in the in the checkout was around the corner and then also always i mean if you want to use the michigan mden indicator i went in there with my buddy and the line i've never seen the line go all the way through the store and this is a huge store it's probably fifteen thousand square feet all the way through the back of the store up the stairs and then all the way through the second level sure they weren't
3: just returning amazon packages <laughs> like Kohl's, and then that way they go for the Amazon put rep- our packages. Like uh, that's Kohl's. it. I'll just tell what you what was. I saw. Yeah, well, like, you change? know what that tells me. Well, look at well, Kohl's right near the bottom. Maybe we should buy Kohl's right now. Uh, Shelly
1: Serrano asked why ground. we don't use Amazon because we got Kohl's cash, whatever that means.
3: Do I, I don't cash? know i've i've actually still have the small position in kohl's because i got in there at 42 when i thought it was going off the board at 60. <laughs> and then it came down i actually sold more than half of it but i should have sold it all i kept a little piece wish i would have sold it all so i'm bag holding this thing big time here in the long-term portfolio i actually it's 7.37 percent dividend it's wow. 27 dollars here now i mean you're pricing kohl's you know, significantly, you know, like go back to even like when we were shutting stores down, this was $10 at the COVID lows, but even go back before then, I mean, you're not given any premium to calls whatsoever. The dividends, pretty nice. There is still people sniffing around. It was, you know, there still was, you know uh, I know it's not going to be, you know, $60 a share, but I don't actually mind it at 27 bucks.
2: One thing that I would say to me, Joel, there is uh, I don't know if that's a good sign or a bad sign because a little part of me feels that since we keep seeing that with the eye test, when will the eye test actually run into kind of more what we're actually seeing in the market data that there is the consumer strat for cash? I think that that shows me more and more that recession is coming versus we're already in it. Because at least the consumer, it doesn't seem like they're strapped for cash when you actually use the eyes out there. But that just shows me that things can get worse.
1: Uh, they, they always, but they, they've been doing those deals for years. Like, you know, points and all this. I don't keep track of any of that stuff. But, I mean, there's always been that, uh, you know, that you know buy, get our credit card. It seems like that's been a phenomenon going on for a long time. But, uh Anyways, I was just looking at Kohl's here. I mean, you can, I'm just looking at 28 here. Boom,
3: get above 28. Yeah,
1: that's it. That looks good above 28. No
3: hurry to buy anything here, but there's a hard bottom at 25 on this right now. So you know where your out is. I mean, it's not going to probably be my out. I've got some of this stuff in the long term portfolio, and you know, people saying you got to cut those bags, and I wish I would have. I wish I would have cut it all. When, you know, the rumors were that this deal wasn't going to go down, then obviously, you know, it was 35 and then boom. it We opened talked up about that a
1: lot, Dennis. That I means we talked about that. Do you listen to pre-market prep? Because we talked <laughs> about, you know, it kept on popping on like, okay, we're going to buy it at 60. And then it went like to 60 and then it came back down and then they just. Yeah, but
3: I was in way after that. Okay. That okay. was that was when it was 450 to 60, 50 to 60. When it got down to like 30, I think I bought like 41. Oh, and there was rumors still around 60, and I was like, oh, that's a hell of a premium now. <laughs> but it did get a pop one day, like the 4763. That was pops on a rumor too. So I could have got out and got good. And obviously, you know, then it oh, just right broke here? down the deal and it's back at 2728. And at that point in time, I was like reanalyze. You got to reanalyze, and you're like seven percent dividend back in july i was nice. like i don't think Kohl's is going out of business so i was like i'm gonna hold it from here so sometimes you got to cut the losers sometimes you got to reevaluate, got to analyze here um again this was never a trade it was in it for you know the well it was kind of for it was in it for the long term but it was still just in it for if it was going to get taken out at 60 i kind of like that upside too and i didn't mind it at 40 i mind it now because it's 27 <laughs>
2: All right, let's go towards the news that really hit kind of Friday, which was more that Kroger news. Let's talk about them acquiring Albertsons for thirty-four dollars and ten cents, uh, implying a total enterprise value of approximately twenty four point six billion. Uh what do you guys feel about this deal?
3: I think I'd be a buyer Kroger down here, to be honest. Um, if you get down to forty. Maybe it's going to leak a little bit because it's out of favor now because they paid the huge premium for Albertsons, but this is a stock that I've wanted in my portfolio for a while. It's a stock that actually holds up well during a recession. It's a stock that's got a 2.4% dividend, which is not much in this environment, but I just think Kroger actually has turned the company around to a certain extent. This ACI is a big one to swallow. How that's going to materialize at the end of it is more to be determined. I mean, and you can play it from the ACI perspective, too. You can, you know, if you don't want to do the Kroger, you want to do the ACI. Maybe you have a little bit more upside. The risk with ACI, obviously, is just if this antitrust, you know, if it doesn't work out, Kroger will go up and Albertsons will go down. So you got to analyze it from all that perspective. There will be antitrust issues, though, on this deal. Um, because obviously it's direct to consumers, two gro- major grocery stores um, teaming up here. So I'd expect this to be a long fight to try to get this deal done, which is probably why I'm getting a huge discount on the Albertson's takeout price. But I think, I think it's part point- of a
1: cash deal too though, Dennis. I think it's I think it's um, it's like supposed to be 34, but isn't it like six bucks some of it in cash too. It's not um, stock.
3: Again, and I should have okay. over the weekend. I didn't analyze okay. all the details of this deal. I should okay. have. I just never got to it this okay. weekend. Uh, but I just know there's going to be any. Just thinking, there's going to be any trust issues here for sure.
1: I'm hearing, and in, in, I don't know where I read it or someone told me, Amazon's making a big. I think they're making a big push into the grocery store. So I, you know makes me a little, you know, like everything's automated. Like you don't even have to reach up off the shelf. There's like a little thing that, you know, goes up, takes it off the shelf for you, and checks it out. So they did the whole foods thing a long time ago. So yeah. we'll see. We'll see what happens. I need to um,
2: upload. I actually have uh, inside an airport. I used one of those Amazon stores where you don't need to check anything out. You just literally grab it and you walk out the store and it already paid it for you. Really? Um, so I have there a video of that. I'll bring that for us tomorrow. We can check that out.
1: Right, I thought it was Tim? pretty interesting. Where's Tim? Where's uh, Tim he, he,
2: he, he's uh right now. He's restarting his market structure edge. No, he should be back here in a second, guys. Uh, I haven't seen him hop in here. He should be here any moment. Uh, We should get to a market structure edge Mondays. There, there he is. is. You see, you see what happened was the sun wasn't up yet. And so he was waiting for the sun to peak across the horizon so that we could be ready for the new opportunities with today's, Market Structure Mondays. Let's get into it. All right. Tim Quas here. <laughs> Welcome on.
4: How's, Love how's you. good old, uh, wh- where are we at? Where are we at today? <laughs> right, right. Hey, He's sorry home. to keep you waiting. Uh, you know, part, part, part of the, the reason I was about a minute late is I was rooting through the data and, ah. and, it, and, and it was, and it was, uh, you know, it's not great. And we'll talk about that, but I am in Steamboat Springs and you can see that, uh, uh, you know, I got some sun yesterday out, uh, hiking around in the fall colors. They're they have been just it's just been spectacular up here in the mountains. And uh so we have engaged in the frivolity of hiking around in the mountains and seeing as much of it as we can. So uh it was it's it's been fabulous up here. <laughs> How what time's the there? sun
3: come up out there? There's no sun. It's dark behind you.
4: <laughs> no, exactly. I'm I'm hoping after uh after we finish here to take a cup of coffee out on that patio and fire up the the fire pit and watch the sun come over so i can start to i'm just seeing a little light over mount werner which is out that direction and then we're going to go hike up emerald behind i guess me i guess you're two hours behind us right yep. yeah yeah mountain yeah time. we're uh, we're mountain time and i wish we would not I wish i wish we would stop jacking with the time and just leave it this way so that we have you know the sun comes up about seven and it goes down about 630, 6, six six thirty. That's just about right. Yeah, that doesn't kind of help weird. traders. I realize, but uh, yeah. a glim- is preference. there a glimmer of hopes in this market? Mm-hmm. Is there a glimmer of hope? Uh, well, there there are always things to trade, and it's just a matter of whether there is an abundance of them or a paucity of them. And uh, and it's you know it's interesting that if we went back to about midweek. Uh, using Market Structure Edge, there was a flurry of of abundance, a short-term abundance. And uh, we were, you know, I, I said to the, the Edge users, I, I think we will get one to three good days. And uh, here are the things that look great, like Darling Ingredients, DAR, uh, one of the ones we highlighted, which, by the way, I mean, it did, you know, it, was up 10% in those two days. It, it, there are times when things look great and then the, the curious thing is that they all vanished uh, and I, mm. I say you know the math there's nothing wrong with the math. if the math stops showing you things to trade, the problem isn't the math the problem is the market and so we had we had this huge surge uh, Thursday and we can talk about what causes that in fact it's something i wanted to wanted to cover but i'll keep this this focused uh but then all of the opportunities vanished and sure enough we gave it back and i i said to the edge users i i think we got all that the the week offered in one day. Doesn't mean we're not gonna have ups and downs. We could have a decent day today, but there is a reason for that and it has nothing to do with earnings, which are picking up here, uh, or changes in economic or monetary policy in England. It has to do with options expirations. And I don't wanna jump ahead. We could, I think we should come to, to that at the end if we can. <clears throat> but uh, those are the things that, that cause the market to move. They they create opportunities for folks, but we do, we you have, have to be you have to be very careful.
3: Big options expiration here <clears throat> coming up on Friday. We do have some big right. earnings coming up this week and right. next week here. Uh, Tim, let's get right into market structure edge here and let's look at some, you know, maybe we should start with a couple of, our, I mean, uh, we could start with a couple of the earnings stocks here, like a Netflix this Tuesday. Okay. Um, yeah. love to see the market structure here, What your thoughts on supply demand, what it's looking like going into the Tuesday night print for Netflix?
4: Okay, let's do that. And and while I'm doing this, traders, let me there's there was a, a point I wanted to make about what prices the stock market. I read this piece in the uh, Wall Street Journal by Akani Otani and uh, Karen Langley. And Connie Ohtani, Otani is a great, she's a great market commentator. But the cadence never changes. It's that the market is whiplashed because investors are on edge. I would like to see a show of hands of investors who would like to see 25 percent of their portfolios destroyed. Anyone? Anyone? No. Investors don't destroy 25 percent of the market cap. That's not what causes it. There's a very – I'll ask ask this question, and I haven't forgotten, Dennis, about showing you uh, Netflix – I'll ask this question about what prices the stock market? What prices? It's not a trick question, but it will require you to think about the mechanics. What prices the stock market?
2: Simply as supply and demand.
4: Well, supply and demand, yes, but the offer to sell. There's a bid to buy and an offer to sell. What is the highest price in the stock market? The offer. The offer to sell. I'll give you a great case in point. I sold SJM when it rose. <laughs> I, I'm quick. I take gains, not chances, wherever possible. I don't always get it right, but most of the time I can. <clears throat> yeah. And I looked at where my trades executed and, and I sold, I, I, I sell and I, I, I trade less than hundred shares most of the time. So this was a 99 share trade uh, and I sold it. I used a marketable limit order. Because the spread was about 10%. Why do you trade
3: below the 100? Just to kind of get in there and not be seen? Is that why?
4: Well, there are two reasons. Yeah, give
3: me this. This is good.
4: Okay, so there, there, there are two reasons. One, I know a trade for 100 shares or less at the market must, by rule, be filled. So that's one reason. And number two, we look at the size of trades. That is, how much money... Can change hands in a trade in a given stock, Uh, and so I'm very I'm very aware of that number because I know that the likelihood that I immediately fill my trade uh, is much higher if I stay within that range. And why do I? uh, And who sets that range? Well, high frequency traders set that range. Fast traders set that range. By the way, if the trade is if the spread between the bid to buy, which will always be lower than the offer to sell, is Three, four, five cents, even eight, nine, 10 cents. I'll just take the market price. What difference does it make? And I know it's going to get filled. The biggest problem for traders, both institutional and retail, is that their trades don't fill. Then the price moves on you and you've missed your opportunity. Well, where I was going with this is one share of that trade. So I put in a trade, boom, it gets filled right away but it got split into six different pieces and one share of my order went to an NYSE RLP. What is that? It's a New York Stock Exchange retail liquidity program. So what happened is a high-frequency trader immediately uh, sold me a share through the RLP and got paid by the NYSE to do that, and that caused a bunch of other trades to come over where that high-frequency trader was, was, was furnishing liquidity. That is, they're offering shares to sell. That's what prices the market. Investors don't price the market. Machines price the market. And and the reason that the market goes way down and way up is because over 50% of trading volume comes from machines with an investment horizon of a day or less. And about 50% of all trading volume is created, manufactured, borrowed. That is what prices the market. So when, when demand is surging into the market, the machines will lift both bids and offers and the market goes up and up and up when flows slow to the equity market, which can be caused by investors becoming more concerned, well, do I wanna continue to put money into the market? Well, now all the machines are gonna know that and they shift short and the market goes the other direction. But it's these intermediaries that set price. That's why it's so important, folks, (laughs) to have a basic understanding of how the stock market works. If we don't know how it works, how can we possibly succeed in it? So that's why it's very important to know. 100 shares or less at the market, buy rule must be filled. So if you're trading MRK and it's got a one penny spread, don't put in a limit order. Just buy it at 99 shares at the market. Your order will be instantly filled at the best price. And know that on the way out as well. Okay, so Netflix. There's your market structure lesson for today. What prices the market is the offer. Then right below that's the bid. That's from prices the market, not investors. And it's Hey, uh, Tim, that. Tim, can I ask yes. one
1: question here?
4: You betcha. So, what it so
1: let's say you want to go bigger in something. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like how right. many times can you like get away with like going 100 100 100 cuz you know in this market. I mean, before yeah. They start moving on you. Let's say you want a five hundred share position. I mean, yeah. Are you going to be able to do that with it? I mean, maybe something like Bank America or whatever. But right. you know, do you ever do you ever do that? But boom, boom, boom. You know, like you want a thousand, but
4: you go 100. I, I do. Like I, actually, I do. Yeah, and I did it with uh, KDP Friday. So uh-huh. I like the supply demand spread in KDP Keurig Dr Pepper, and it has a very narrow spread, usually a penny spread. And I bought, and I tend to, to buy in size. I buy hundreds of shares of things. Uh, so I bought 99, 99, 99, 99, right. 99. Just okay. like that, I just duplicated my order and I kept buying and the price actually went down. Right? Yes, because at the market, now them I've scared the machines, right? I have scared the machines and they set fewer prices. Well, the market moves in my direction, right? So that's important to know. That when, when the machines stop setting bids and offers, the market drops a thousand points. When the machines resume setting prices, it, it goes up a thousand points. This is, they are the things that determine the outcome because they're sifting all the bids and the offers and they're seeing whether there's a supply or demand imbalance. That's what high frequency traders do. That's what algorithms do. And so, uh, yes, I use it all the time, Joel. I, and I'll use no. it on the way out too.
3: <laughs> you, know, you know why else 99 shares, and I know a lot of professional traders, you know, doing the same thing, like yep. just keeping it small and in between right. because it doesn't change the market. Doesn't so let's the market. say the market on like a thinner stock. I'm Bank of America who cares, right? But on right. a thinner stock, if, you know, even like, you know, like, let's say like, a you know, Goldman Sachs or something like that, you know, $300 stock. If right. you go, if it's $300 to $300 and 20 cents and you go $300 and one cent bid for 99 shares. It doesn't change the market; it's still 300 share bid because you're under that 100 threshold. Unless you have other odd lots that add it up, um, you'll still actually, you know, not change the market. So you're not pushing the market away from you. So it's a way for them to hide in between. So that's why you see some traders, you know, using under 100 shares. For that simple reason is that they can hide in between the bid and the ask.
4: Exactly. And that, and that, by the way, just Dennis, a great description. And we tell public companies who, and public companies don't know how the stock market works. They should (laughs) that about, these are rough averages, about 85% of all trades are doing what you just described. They're sitting there. I describe it. I describe algorithms like uh, a cheese grater, and the order is a block of cheese. And the algorithms are going to grate the cheese to fill the order. And 85% of orders in the stock market are a form of midpoint pricing that's sitting in there in small pieces, trying to fill orders at an effective price. At a, because that's what, that's what drives things for institutions. I had a conversation with the whole team at State Street last week about this. You know, they're concerned about transaction cost. Yeah. And we're saying, have you factored these things in? Because uh, size, liquidity, price, all those things matter, supply and demand are the big determinants. Uh, so they're, you know, everybody's thinking about that. That means 15% of the trades, roughly, are at the bid and the offer, trying to price the market so that it so that the cheese grater goes up and down and fills the block. That's the mechanics of the market traders. I wish it was a bunch of investors. Most of it isn't. Most of, of, of it is a constant battle to set price. And you can see that though. You can see that in supply and demand, just like we're looking at Netflix here. Demand is not great in Netflix and hasn't been for quite a while. That's the green part of the graph. It's not terrible when it's at five or above, the price tends to do better. The gray part is the, is price. Uh, When it's below Five, it tends to do worse, particularly if the supply side has just jumped. Right at the end of the quarter, supply shot way above the trend and demand declined. Well, what did price do consequently? It fell. What it's doing right now, the reason the price popped on Thursday was short covering. Short volume dropped from 60% down to 53 That's still too high. It still means that over half of all trading volume in Netflix is short it's a supply it's i mean that can and it's not a sustainable condition that will lift price it will short term but you have to be aware of that traders if you look at that you say okay if if netflix moves its in its volatility take that gain and here's what i mean by its volatility if you don't mind dennis if i just finish this really quickly no, that's good <clears throat> this is how how would you know how much a stock should rise or fall well you can look at what the what the machine setting the price do, and that will tell you what you should expect. So for instance, I, I buy KDP because it went down its volatility. Now I know that I have a very high probability today of making that, right? So that's that's what I'm doing. If we look at Netflix, so here's Netflix, and its average volatility It moves 6% every day. So it's a great lesson. If you know that short's covered, I mean, it's a gamble. I don't like to buy falling demand. It's like trying to catch a falling knife. It's dangerous. But you could know, okay, short's covered. It's a good day in the market today. Uh, If I buy it, if it's up a little bit, like 1% at the beginning, I have a reasonable chance of a 5% return today. And if you get something close to that, then you should take it because that's all you can get. This is your reasonable expectation of a short-term return. We use it all the time. If KDP is down 2% and its supply demand divergence is good, I'm going to buy that because I might make 2% today. That's all I'm after. Because if you can do that over and over, you will be rich. If you try to guess at what somebody's going to report or, you know, is 15 times earnings a good mm-hmm. multiple? That stuff, I'm sorry, folks, that isn't the way the stock market works. I wish it did. Uh, but if, you know, if, if If 80% of the money is focused on earnings multiples, earnings multiples are a good predictor of future outcomes. If if 80% of the money is focused on something else, then you have to know what that something else is to have a predictable outcome. And a lot of it is just what I described, setting bids and offers, looking at supply and demand, how much do prices move, what's the chance I can capture some of that? That's what you're after. By the way, I do this every Thursday, and you guys are free to come. I do a live demo most Thursdays at 2:30 p.m. Eastern Time on how to use these things to make good uh, trading decisions. It's free. Just go to marketstructureedge.com, hit request a demo. You'll see on October is it the 20th is Thursday. I'll do this and I'll explain these things and give you examples about how to do it, and it's uh, you know it's useful.
2: All right. I see there that it's saying that the, the trend on Tesla has bottomed. What does that mean?
4: OK, so let's look at Tesla, which reports results this week during options expirations. Not a good idea. It's you know, it's not we will tell public companies don't do that because you're just you're, you're serving up on a platter an opportunity for speculators to bet directionally and destroy the message you're trying to deliver to investors. So, having now just excoriated Tesla for doing that? Let's look at supply and demand in Tesla. It's bottom. Demand is bottom. See how prices come down? The reason that Tesla has declined is not because people hate the Twitter deal. It's because there's no demand for Tesla stock, and supply had been high. Now, I would say it's tailing off. So, So, supply is now down below 40%. Demand's on the floor. It could move. I mean, that stock could move. It's a gamble because demand has not yet started rising. You know, it does better. There's a better chance of producing return if demand is rising and supply is falling. There was a nice opportunity to make modest gains in Tesla there. That's the only time. And that was right into September options expirations. People bet on options. That's what happened. But they were immediately short right during options expirations. They shifted from long to short in from calls to puts and down the price went. Well, you can see all that. You can know, so you're not caught out, traders. If you see that happen, it gets to 10, supply jumps up, get out. Wait till those conditions reverse. So here's my thinking, Mitch, on this. this the stock could move on results purely because any increase in demand against falling supply is going to lift price. But buying something at one is risky, particularly when we look at the broad market. We look at the broad market. Here's what I'm concerned about. Broad sentiment has topped. Demand, when it gets up to that red line, tends to predict further declines. On the supply side, supply is still below trend. But at 49% of all trading volume in the S&P 500, that's what we're looking at here, which is about, call it 85% of market cap, is short. So if supply is at 49% and demand now falls, I'm not saying it will. Here's what we're going to look at. See, they did this last time. If supply tails off, if this goes down and demand stays right at six, the market can go up a, a little more. But we are not at, the, at a point where there is a high probability of gains in the market. There's a higher, better than a 50% chance that the market declines, not, on li- not in linear fashion. We could pop up and down through options expirations. But these data tell us the market retains a downward bias overall
2: all right well thank you like always for market structure mondays you can't get better than that definitely check out market structure edge if you guys want to go ahead and check out this data for yourself appreciate you coming on tim
4: good to see you guys have a good week
2: always a good one all right, let's go ahead. Let's take a wrap-up look at the markets. Yeah, uh, I see- think we got to
3: get Roblox in here. It's the mover here at 8.30 right before Tim came on. RBLX came out with the metrics, and it there is getting go. a nice lift here in the pre-market. So we got new movers here. Uh, RBLX, maybe just go to the pro, give us the details here. Mitch, and then Joel, break down those technical Sure.
2: All right. Looks like uh, Roblox shares are trading higher after the company reported September 22. Key metrics daily active users were at 57.8 million, up 23% year over year. And the estimated bookings were between 212 million to 219 million, up 11% to 15% year over year. Uh, So a little lift there on Roblox
3: so beat up I mean these stocks are all beat up the metaverse was obviously not the play for to be buying 2021 but they're so beat up now any type of good news here there's going to be short squeezes and relief pops so that's what you're seeing here this morning above 40 it's kind of interesting but I'm Pretty not sure. going to chase again I can't chase these stocks and these heavy downtrends because it just feels like there's too much overhead supply but don't underestimate the power of the short squeeze here either. So I think I'm just going to sit neutral on this one at this point. Up 12%. It's a nice left for the stock.
1: though. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at this 40, you know, and it's jumping out to me. We had a high just under 40. It just ticked 40. Uh, 39.81 was that high. Wide open between 40 and 42. I mean, it looks open. But I, I kind of like the way Young Money uh, Young Money 22, he's looking a sympathy trade. So, you know, maybe not hop on this, you know, this rocket ship, but if there's something else out there, because we mentioned at the end of last week, growth just wasn't, you know, growth tech just was not, that did not really participate on Thursday. And it got hit on Friday. So Unity's making a little bit of a move. I don't know what Kathy's up to. Uh, but be careful on the Roblox. I think you hold 40, you take a look at 42. Look at Kathy uh, up a buck 05. So I think I, if, I, if I wanted to buy this, I think I'd kind of look for a sympathy play instead of chasing the Roblox.
2: Yeah, you can definitely look for Unity. You can look at Snow. Those are all going to be options. So you can be looking for some sympathy type of play. Yeah, I'll just um, say
3: in the background here, I've already bought Unity this morning off of this. So I have full disclosure, just a day trade, trading it for the sympathy here. But same thing, sure. I'm a little bit ahead of you there. So you've set it. I'm on the show here. I am long Unity just off this Roblox play. I just bought it.
1: Wow. How is that for a, uh, uh, you know, I mean, that's the way Triple D. That's why, uh, you know, why why mess with the hot rod, right? I mean, this rope, because some people are thinking, oh, gosh, you know, I'm going to hop on this above 40. Again, I'm not sticking. R- I'll
3: use Roblox when you're trading these. you got to use Roblox as your leader, though. If Roblox starts to roll over, roll over. you got to sell the Unity, too. Yep. But mm-hmm. I'm kind of with you guys in the chat here think you could have a little sympathy move here not looking for it to marry this position just a day trade <laughs> getting the nice pop in Roblox I automatically think Unity sticking around for a little bit but I don't know how long Roblox starts to roll over I will sell Unity so keep an eye on RBLX
2: all right let's uh take
3: one more chart
2: here 9 a.m here uh will Apple hold on it seems like that 138 uh last week held on and I'm uh, gonna keep watching that perfect. level it- ripping
1: again man up this Roblox uh apple big move for this i don't know exactly wow 143 someone got really excited on this one so i'd i'd hold out for a target 143 that's not even near friday's high yet uh what was that
3: 143 56. print is that from
1: 4am yeah yeah, was that yeah?
3: Traders at 4 a.m. that just pay anything for stocks. Yeah. You know what I think, and I'm
1: just gonna I'm gonna hop after this. Um yeah. But just like a general rule of thumb here, and I don't know how much this rally is going to continue. I mean, to go up to yesterday Friday's highs is going to be a big move. But I would keep an eye on that close from Thursday because I know it's below. You know, it's well above the highs for the day. But a lot of people that got caught on, thir- you know, they bought that open early on Thursday and then kind of like, you know, didn't pay attention. You're coming back. Some of these are coming back up to your Thursday closes. And just to illustrate an um, apple here, and I didn't know that before I said it, uh, your close on Thursday was one forty two ninety nine and he got to you know boom 143 they're like oh i'm out so take a look at that so all right everybody great job great job mitch i'm gonna go uh do pre-market prep plus this is a synthetic thursday for me uh gonna be here monday and tuesday and then mitch is gonna be driving the bus on friday both uh triple d and i are gonna be out so uh
2: what is at, going on? They didn't give me the memo. We would have done it I gave you the memo. A, you a, the memo. The memo. Dennis going right to give
1: you the memo. i have telling days for find a, for a month.
2: We would I'm have done tell- that pre market prep vacation day. We just uh, all meet yeah, up on the I, beach. I told you
1: a month, and then Dennis is like, oh, oh, I forgot to tell you. I'm not going to be here on Friday.
2: So. <laughs> all right, everyone. I never a take a day, day off.
3: I'm for taking for a day off. All, all right, right.
2: right, guys. No worries. I'll let you slide out of here. You have a good one, Joe. We'll see you a little bit later. Dennis, have a great day. See you, money Thanks, buddy trade on my friend and we will keep trading here on benzinga of course we got live trading coming up next futures action at 11 if you guys haven't checked out the futures show check it out and definitely if you want to learn a a little bit about the futures action how you can trade it i think that's one of the best shows especially if you're trying to learn how to hedge a little bit on days like today we're getting the spy to come from that you know Really hard ending of the day on Friday to spiking back up here to 363. It's been a already big move from yesterday's uh, Friday's close about 1.56%. We'll see what happens today in the SPY. Of course, stay tuned for this week. We got some more surprises right here on Benzinga. You don't got to go anywhere. Hit the subscribe below and I'll see you in a few minutes on live trading with Benzinga.
0: we